You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Forty years of this is Emeritus Rex, Purim edition. Yes, we're standing on the cusp of Purim. Titus Esther is just around the corner uh, for me and you, and uh, and for our esteemed great uh, guest every single week. Actually, the star of this program. Oh yeah. Uh, yes, 100%. Look, uh, everybody says get out of the way and just let Pupko run with the ball. So. Uh, <laughs> Rabbi Ruvain Yeshua Pupko, uh, look, we, we all know that this, it's now been a year pretty much uh, since COVID in terms of the Jewish calendar. Um, last year, of course, nobody knew anything. And if we would have shut down and not had all the mass Megillah lanings and, and craziness and, and, and sudas, we probably would not have seen the terrible uh, COVID deaths. Okay, so this year, why don't you give us a little rundown of what's going on by you and in general, your, your thoughts about Purim this year and in general. Go ahead. All right. So it's interesting. Uh, so as you say, uh, Purim was really the first time we had uh, to confront COVID last year. When I say confront, most of us minimally confronted it. I know in my synagogue, the great change we uh, 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 undertook in, for Purim was that instead of having a buffet for our Purim celebration, we had table service so that people wouldn't be hovering all over each other. We consider that a rather dramatic and cautionary step, uh, as it turned out, it was obviously ridiculous. But um, and then we shut down uh, about a week after that, and we were all told at the time uh, you have to close for two weeks because you have to flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. That was, that was the word at the time. Curve. Everyone was frightened about the curve, and um, um, and uh, obviously when we closed down, we actually thought we'd be open for Pesach. You know, and then Shmuelis, and then yeah, yeah. As, as as the former president said, by Easter we're going to have by an Easter. open Easter. Yeah. So in, in Quebec, we've gone through different uh, iterations of this. Uh, we were closed completely uh, from middle of March to the end of June. Completely closed. After that, the numbers went up and down. What we were allowed, there was a brief ten-day period. Then in December, we were closed again completely. But um, right now, we're in a very strange situation. Uh, Although, if you look at Quebec compared to the states in the U.S., you have to scroll through 49 U.S. states uh, in terms of severity of cases per million before you hit Quebec. But the Canadians like to be very strict about these things. So right now, we are still limited uh, in synagogue to 10 people per room. Wow. In each room that you use has to have independent street access. So it's very difficult. We're able to run... uh, Right now, my building, uh, uh, normally on a Shabbos, we run four at the same time. Four, we added another room because uh, the higher demand was, it thankfully has an exit to the, to the outside. Uh, so we're running five simultaneous at three different times in the evening and in the morning. Um, You're now talking about uh, regular day or for a Purim day? Purim, I'm talking about Purim Thursday night. So, Purim, so Purim, Thursday. Purim Thursday night and Friday, you're going to be having, for those of you in the uh, uh, Canadian... No, no, uh, nobody else should let, come. We already were overbooked. Oh, you already overbooked already. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we but, have... We have uh, but there's yeah. only 10 people? Let me get this straight. You have a McGillary laning. You're, right. only, you're only, even in the main sanctuary, you can only have yeah. 10 people? Right. We have we have over 700 seats and 10 people. Doesn't we begged the government from the beginning to stop talking numbers and to start 
start talking percentage of occupancy. Wow. This... And, and they don't. And it's been very difficult. There was a lawsuit. Anyway, it's very difficult. But so, uh, and, and, and ridiculous, doesn't it? I mean, you, you, I'm sure your sanctuary is is what is a, 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 a ten thousand square feet. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your 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 sanctuary is ten thousand square feet, and you have ten people, a thousand right. square feet for every person. Yes. Yeah, it's the safest place to be in the world. I would say for somebody who grew up in Japan or Osaka, that's like Gan Eden for him. Can you imagine? Right. Can you imagine? Exactly. Could, could you imagine that that so alone that you're right. you're actually there's the closest person is a, is. Listen, since January, in North America, the numbers of COVID cases have dropped precipitously. Right, it's over seventy percent drop at the same moment when everyone's yelling about the variants. I'm not telling you the variants are, are a hoax. But there's a very strange phenomenon going on that I don't think anyone can really fully understand, which is that starting in January till today, the cases in North America, the diagnosed COVID cases, have dropped and dropped dramatically everywhere in North America, even in Quebec. I mean, we hit a peak of 3,000 cases a day in Quebec, and now we're down to, on average, between seven and 800 a day. So it's dropped dramatically uh, all across North America. At the same time, when you have uh, the Brazilian variant, the UK variant, South African variant, of all the variants, which are supposed to be more virulent. When we say virulent, it means easier to transmit, and uh, and in some cases more dangerous. And yet the numbers are dropping dramatically. And and, and you know the guy, the guy from John Hopkins wrote the piece that people are talking about in the Wall Street Journal, uh, where he talked about. Uh, I saw that where he yeah. said this is where he talked about. I think. Masaka, his name was, or something like something that. Malar- Mar- Marky or something. Yeah, but Malar- not Malarkey, but not something Malarkey. like that. That would yes. be a yeah. bad name. Yeah, that would be a bad name to have. Yeah, um, yeah. It's okay. like my my son when he got his teeth out. He went to Doctor Menace. That was right. a yeah. uh, that yeah. was a very bad uh, doctor. He took out uh, seven or eight teeth, and then he smiled. But anyway, the right. point is names and and uh, sort of stuck in my head. And he was saying that he was like 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 jousting uh, like, like, against the windmills. He was saying that everybody is going. This is really listen. Uh, CDC has said everybody has said that while there are only thirty five million cases diagnosed in the U.S. In fact, 100 million people have had it you know, asymptomatically. Sure. And, and if you're reaching those kinds of numbers, it's not bizarre to entertain the possibility that we're on the verge of, of uh, herd immunity, which is what the John Hopkins guy was writing about. And, and, and again, there's a lot of criticism from normal people, not the wackos, against Fauci for continuing to speak in a pessimistic way, when in fact, again, there has been a dramatic drop off. But anyway, getting back to Purim in Quebec, so we're allowed only 10 people per room, which is obviously difficult. Let, let me just say, you know, let me just ring in for Jersey. You know, Phil Murphy is saying 25% of occupancy. No, Mur- Murphy went to 50 for, for four of Now, now uh, so you know Jersey better than me. So, yeah, yeah. so and, and, and Murphy has been very cautious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it would seem that, let's just talk about, let me ask you a straight question. It seems like many people of your shul aren't going to be able to get a Megillah reading right. or a Purim in your shul, right? They're not going to be able to. So again, as you know, there is a wide spectrum of responses to the fear of COVID. Some people, as you know, have been criminally reckless. On the other hand, some people have been, as continue to be as cautious today as they were, uh, you know, close to a year ago. And some people are going to take a long time to feel comfortable sitting with a group of people indoors. There are people who, so I, I would say we're able to meet the need. 
In other words, even though normally, okay. you're, you're, you know, but again, in terms of the numbers of people, because again, what's going on unfortunately now in Montreal is, although the numbers in the city and in the province generally have dropped, there has been an unfortunate spike in the Jewish community recently in, in Montreal. Uh, it's again unclear why. Uh, the health department has told us it's associated with people who traveled to New York and came back, which I, I find I find hard to understand exactly the dynamic. There are people who again aren't being as careful as they should be, but we've had a lot more cases in the schools than we had throughout the fall and winter. We had recently uh, in the schools. I don't really understand why, but so in the Jewish community, people are uh, in fact more careful and more uh, nervous today than they were. Uh, a month ago. Okay. There's the new cases. But again, we're doing things in what we believe is a very careful and cautious way. We haven't had, we've been open straight since from the end of June, again, except for that brief interruption. We've been open straight since the end of June. We haven't had any intra synagogue contagion. I mean, certainly members of our synagogue have had it. I mean, a hand, less than a handful, really, but there's been no case of intra synagogue contagion that I'm in my synagogue or in, in my neighborhood synagogues. There haven't been. But um, uh, it does seem that most of the, again, the contagion going on in Quebec right now is, according to what the health guys told me last week, is mostly still in nursing homes, although dramatically less than it was during the terrible period of last summer and spring, but, or in food processing plants where people are, and again, and, and, and in the uh, in Jewish community, it's, it's still some people aren't being careful and they're inviting people for Shabbos, which they shouldn't be doing really at this point, and and people are catching it in people's homes. Okay, so so basically, you know, and thanks for that uh, that uh, scintillating uh, overview about what's <laughs> what's been going on. And for those of our listeners who haven't tuned to, uh, you know, Uncle Al or Captain Kangaroo while we've been talking, um, w- w- speaking about Al and Captain Kangaroo and buffoonery, how is that? Is I'm sure, knowing you as the rabbi, that your show probably in previous years highlighted some sort of carnival parade. Right, right. How how are you going to be doing that None. in any way? No, it's basically going to be a no fun Purim, right? No fun Purim. We're not allowing anyone to smile. <laughs> well, it, it, well, the mask. I know that people do put smiles on their masks. The mask. I think that I think no, it it's, is, it's very depressing. It is very depressing. So, so there isn't going. Our, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, you know, it's good, like, for example, the, I know no clapping Haman and no gesticulations. The, a quick to the point. Purim We're actually reading. cheering Haman this year. <laughs> in other words, you you will be able to hear Haman. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not no 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 one's allowed to make any noise during the deal. Uh-huh. Are you encouraging people to come in costumes to show? I, I don't know. We didn't just encourage or discourage. I'm assuming some people will. Uh, we, we didn't talk about it at all, actually. But uh, listen, it's uh, my it's wife like- feels that to make to like we were thinking about making a Purim video, right. um, and I was throwing out all these COVID things. No, 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 don't. Don't let no, you COVID. Can't make COVID jokes. Yeah, don't make don't n- nothing humorous about COVID. You no, can't have I'll anything. You, the, the number one costume uh, prediction. This is a prediction. Number one costume this year will be the Viking guy from the Capitol Hill uh, uh, riot. Uh-huh, right. Uh, that'll be that'll be the number one costume. The, yeah, the Odin. He's he, yeah, and and his tattoos. You have right. to have the the Odinist. Um, right. And, or or the number two will probably be Ted Cruz coming back from uh, from Mexico. 
somehow. <laughs> be like a Hawaiian shirt on Ted Cruz costume. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, and if, and for those who are obsessed with Netflix, you know it'll be the Bridgerton costume. It'll be uh, high on the list. Or lack of costume, the way yeah, I'm, husbands I'm hearing. And, husbands and wives going as Daphne and that other guy. Or uh, I can't uh, believe you're watching that program. I can't I believe I watch you're... nothing. I watch nothing. Okay, and, yes, you're like and, wh- wh- that. Sounds like Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> I see nothing. I just nothing. you just you're all you are is you. You get your Wall Street Journal arts feed. I, you know. I haven't. I Ted Lasso. One second. I want to give a plug for I Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. You yes, must. Ted Lasso. You, you got to admit, Ted Lasso is a good oh, porn. Ted Lasso is great for porn. Absolutely. I, no. I 100%. He's fantastic. And uh, did you see the episode with the darts? Yeah. Yes. That to me. I mean, I know Steve Martin did something similar in Roxanne, right. where he. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, where yeah, Steve yeah, Martin, yeah. where Steve Martin, you know, says. There's a situation there where someone calls him Big Nose, right. and then he says, "Big Nose, I'm going to do like what does he say? Twenty different, twenty better jokes than Big Nose." And then he does twenty different ones, and then he punches him in the face. Right. But that was similar to that scene. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it for people. Ted Lasso was great, but I would say Ted Lasso helped me being positive. In, yeah. in in this again, I thought it was a you know people were saying watch Ted Lasso. It's a positive like 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 I just got the vaccine. This is sort of like a vaccine for you to feel positive. They could, you can actually respond positively to people in a nice way, and you don't and, and you can actually make a difference. I don't yeah, know. You know Ted Lasso, but again, so by the way, there are people. And I'm not sure this is true. Who, who link the UK variant? To those who watch Bridgerton, but I don't think there's a connection. I was saying, okay, probably, probably not connected. Well, I know that there is a lot of variant history in Bridgerton, but I really don't. Again, I just know it from the a podcast that I listen to, which is called Pop Culture Happy Hour. And okay, anyway, uh, but the point is, or so, I'll tell you, there are husbands and wives are going to go. One guy in the Viking outfit, and one in the wife dressed up like Nancy Pelosi. Like there'll be those kind of. Guys. Isn't that basically every from yeshiva woman? Like they <laughs> have people those. I mean, yeah. basically, I mean, every from yeshiva woman, including my wife, you know, who's in her sixties, they all have the same shaitel style. Like they, right. you, it's like, Nancy it, Pelosi anyway. Yeah. Indiscriminate age. Yeah, I'm Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, you know. So a lot of, of people don't know this is that Nancy actually started her career as a shaitel model. Uh-huh. A lot of people don't know this. She worked at that place in Borough Park. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, I think it's time for her to get something new. Maybe she's yeah, from Georgie. So costumes are probably, uh, uh, again, Trump, you don't think is going to be a costume for people? No, I think it's yesterday's news. Yeah. I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> I see. Um, and, uh, you, know, I, 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 you know, I know that uh, Rav Vosner has an interesting truth about davening uh, in costume. And he talks about, uh, you know, he talked about someone, uh, a Litvish Bochar getting dressed like a chosid in the full chosidish regalia. But he says, basically, whatever the beg it is, it's about what's in your brain in a sneistika situation. But but something tells me that um, it's it's hard to concentrate when you're, you know, when you're dressed as Oscar the Grouch and you've got your suspenders in the garbage can. And you're trying to keep it up and, you know, yeah, and, and still think about. So costumes are out. What about uh, general, you know, Tom Foolery? Are, are, are you issuing things about families don't get together and have small poor students don't? No, in, in Montreal, every, that is a directive, not from synagogues or rabbis. That's a, that's a law at this point in Montreal. And in so, so in other words, in your house, in the Pupko house. Yes. 
and the Pupka, and, and we don't enter uh, often in this program into the private domicile of the great rabbi. But who? Right. How many people are you having for your suda? None. No one's having anybody. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Wait, wait. That's a rule. So, That's a uh, law in Quebec. Okay, you and Quebec. your wife and your son, your right. stepson. Right. Anybody else? Nobody else. Wow. And what do you do about what are you going to be doing about Mishloch Manos? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I was we're sending Shalom Manos, not a little more, a little more limited than usual, but but limited. My wife, I, I don't know why she's doing this, but my wife is um, she's making like a you know a big thing of soup and oh, soup, soup and cr- crackers. Soup is great. Soup, it's like a meal in a bowl. That's right. That's right. You know, you have to know whether it's a mana or not. You know, a mana, there's a machlok, right. whether, whether you can drink it or not. But I guess you could drink it and eat it. Right. Anyway, the point is... I mean, it's eating barley, I think, is a real... That's a real yeah, thing. yeah. So anyway, but she she has a note on it, prepared with gloves and masks. Um, are you telling people not to send food based on COVID? Uh, uh, no, there is no case of COVID from contact or food. I'm not concerned about that. Yeah, I know originally people were very nervous. People about were it. very nervous. Yes. Very nervous. Yes, yes. They've got, they put that behind them. Uh, so we, I, I know we also, when we first were getting the um, uh, the deliveries from the stores, we had, a special, we had a special spot in the house where, you know, we'd have to sit there for a couple of days. You yeah, know, other... I think we did that in my house once. Uh, we did that once and then we moved on quickly. So basically, in terms of shloch manos, there's not going to be anything. What about, uh, I know Montreal, like, it says, ki evyon right, so we, that's the problem. So what we, we arrange in our soul is that we, we have any, many people are reluctant to and have intimate contact with the impoverished uh, this year. So uh, we're taking the money and we have a need coming to the soul. We're, we're dealing with it in a sanitary way. So people are, are and I assume this and is what happening. To check, what we have is, a pot of boiling water, scalding hot water, where we the, you have to stick your hand in and burn yourself because there's not enough mysterious methods involved in Mazarizek. And then stick your hands in the boiling water, take out the coins, make a Kenyan to Mazarizek, and put it back. And then we'll, so we have a burn unit standing by. No, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I, I was thinking maybe you could just maybe why don't you why don't you heat the the shekel to like the highest degree and then you you'll have it like a like a ninja you'll have it like 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 on your like a brand in your in your skin like, right we uh, could do that yeah and that would be like a sign that you're basically someone who gave master shekel but basically what you're telling me is that most people are going to go online and they're going to donate right that'll that will release certain monies and you're how are you going to get the money to the avionim how are you going to do that Oh, we have we have we have a name coming to the show. They, you know, we, we know who they are. They know who we are. So basically, the avionim aren't necessarily the what we think about alms for the poor, alms for the poor. These are people who live in homes, have bank accounts, and you will uh, credit their bank account with money. Or right, well, we give cash directly. People will come to the show. We will distribute it for on behalf of the people who gave us to distribute. Okay, so which is which is a way which has probably been common even before COVID in terms of that. A but, little bit, but again, nobody wants to have people knocking the door. This year. Right. And and I think that is really you know I know Mishalochim and and others have uh, have I, I don't remember anybody coming during this whole year, and I'm sure that's the way it's been. I think they were covered by the payroll protection plan. I think they're okay. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Um, Okay, so we covered Mishloch Manos, we covered the Suda, we covered uh, Krias Megillah. 
you know, I've, I've had a number of programs on this platform, and I know that you are one of our avid listeners to many of the other things that we've talked I, about. I do nothing but. Yeah, I know. Look, we provide you for mostly. Since television. I started listening, I've lost 30 pounds because I don't even eat any. Wow. And, uh, and, and, I, and I hear that your drushes are, 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 are much better since you've started. Oh, you're elevated to a degree. <laughs> no but anyway. Look, I am definitely open uh, for for any dart you want to throw about anything we've talked about. But I have talked in many uh, of the platforms about drinking. So, you know, and I've gotten drunk at your house uh, many, many years ago. Right. Um, I think I woke up in your in your in the crib of your twins. Uh, yeah. I think I woke up in that crib. It was an embarrassing moment for everyone involved. Yes, yes, yes. My twins recovered. Though. No yes, I think I know. I don't know if Barrel Freed recovered, but I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did speak to Beryl about it, and that was the only way he remembered me when I said, yeah, I was the drunk guy that passed out. In the <laughs> Beryl, if you remember, had a costume where he was like half half something. I don't know. It was like half oh, monster. Yeah. Like, he had like a costume. Anyway, yeah. so tell me what, what sort of drunken things are, are happening. In, 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 I'm a, do you... I don't think there's going to be a lot of drinking this year. People are going to be alone, and maybe they'll drink their misery away. But uh Suitors are out. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. No one's having a suitor. I mean, everyone's having a suitor, but no one's having the suitor that we imagine. Are, are, are you giving a warning that people should not drink, especially since it's Arab Shabbos? Are you doing any of that stuff? Listen, I, I, I'm the, we're, not, we're, we're the 12th month. Of this. Everyone knows that there are not a lot of people over. Everyone knows all this already. Uh, nothing is new here. <laughs> we're dealing with, uh, <clears throat> you know, mostly responsible people. But... Um, no, I didn't make any specific warnings about drunkenness. No, I did hear something last night from one of my students who told me that on the OU website or other places they've been saying that we need to compensate and that they're the idea of uh, in New York they were talking about vans uh, driving through neighborhoods playing Labor Day music. In other words, trying to at least infuse. Oh, for sure. No, there should be something, and and we wanted to do something. It didn't work out, but. Uh, you know, because of certain regulations in the city, but there's no question that, especially for the for the younger people, there should be some kind of simplest uh, pour of some kind of celebration. Sure, I mean, and 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 uh, and again, it sounds like in Canada the the strictures are so tough that it's hard to uh, to come up with stuff. But again, in in, in this world of the streaming videos go ahead you wanted to say something about the ou go ahead yeah you know they had this whole thing i know it was eight years ago or, or, or less with kiddish clubs the ou wanted to ban kid- remember the whole story they had this obsession with kiddish clubs that our young the drinking were- they were worried about the fact that kiddish clubs would lead to a uh uh a new wave of uh, drunkenness in yeah, our and society that, and adolescents were, were being modeled bad behavior and the whole thing i I don't know. I thought they were getting a little uptight there with the drinking. I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge drinker, but I, you know, and you know, as if the greatest threat to Orthodox Judaism is the kiddush club and show. I mean, I, why would that be a threat? Then I, I don't really understand that. Yeah, look, I, I, you know, I, again, as somebody who basically, I tell you, I'm one of the people of this year. People say, "Don't you miss Shul?" No, I don't miss Shul. I'm like the Vilna, <laughs> I'm like the Vilna Gaon's letter. You know, when he wrote to his family, "Keep the family out of Shul." Shul is noisy. <laughs> people are ridiculous. They're talking. Yeah, 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 look, you know, look, you know, uh, people that don't look. I have, I have my Shul up here. You see it uh, every every week. Yeah. I got my Shul, my Svarim. Yeah, you know what? It's fine. I'm able to daven, but. 
for people who love shul, it becomes a social outlet. Right. And as you know, we've talked about it here in this program right, at right, the right. social hall. We've had episodes about that. And there are people that look drinking in public, and you know, I would assume that there was enough incidents that OU wasn't just uh, creating a mountain out of a molehill. Um, right. And uh, there are people, of course, that become ugly drunks. And uh, I would assume that you bring your you bring your baggage with you to shul. And uh, especially we've talked about in this program, um, the type of petty uh, sorts of uh, you know, issues that people have among each other is probably exacerbated when you get a couple of shots in you. I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, look, you know, um, you don't have to join the uh, coalition against it. Um, let, let's anyway, as I was mentioning my our mutual friend, this Rashiva of ours. Um, you, you know, the joke about and, not being important. You know, the joke is. You know, the postic where we say the Kalim, the Kalim Shonim, which you read with the tune of Eicha, right? right. Anyway, so the, the joke goes why do we have a postic of Nigan Eicha in the middle of the Gilas Esther? Yeah, so even the Misnagdim. Even the Misnagdim, I've heard that. The Litvak. So, <laughs> yeah, yes, so they should enjoy Borb. Yes, they have heard it. But but he's he was he was worse than a Litvak. Yeah. Um, and 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 you wonder really, you know, uh, you know, in your shul and other places, like, does it really serve the the purpose that it used to? I think for us in yeshiva, we needed that day because of the oh, oppressive, yeah. the oppressive hand of Doctor Doom himself, of the evil nefarious one, <laughs> right? Um, not Rav Sheftel all of a shul, but um, but our high school uh, overlord, uh, the demon incarnate himself, who would basically not allow us any sort of freedom, poor him was some way. But, but in today's society, where we have such, you know, maybe we don't need that type of that type of loose wildkite. We have it every single day, right? Yeah, you know? Pretty much. But I, I would listen. A nice old-fashioned Purim Suda, which is you know, where you have half ruchnius and half drinking. It's, it's still a wonderful experience. It really is to sit at a table for three, four hours with good friends and you know eat I agree. things and, and I drink agree. and talk Torah and a little bit of Narishkeit. It's still yes. a wonderful thing. Yes, and especially you know the the type of brilliance that I think and that that came out with Purim lampoons and chidushim. Uh, you know the chidushim Torah that that are that are ridiculously brilliant. I yeah, think yeah. those are things which, you're right. It's 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 a very wonderful way to it's sort of like it's, it, it's a way to hug our religion in a way. Yeah. And it's it's a shame that that uh, it doesn't seem that it's going to be in such a solid display here. Um, yeah, well, so I had a, I, I was trying to explain I had to explain to an odd Jew about Purim. So I basically said it's a fusion between Halloween and St. Patrick's Day, mm. and uh, and they began to understand what we do. I mean. Like, yeah, uh, but but, it, but, I, but I think it misses it misses really that that spiritual element, you know. It, 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 for those who are who who still live in a world, um, I, I wouldn't say Dalai Lama but at least where the Dalai Lama is penetrated by by, by Yiddish Purim is wonderful. Purim is elevating. Purim is great. One of one of the great memories I have is, of course, you know, we talked about him before, Diane Greenut, and his. Was, he was really, you know, Meshich Malamala. And I remember him crying because, you know, there was someone who could, who could, who could match him 
in learning, and he was talking about, uh, you know, on Purim, uh, how he was feeling, that there were questions he couldn't come up with, answers he couldn't think of, and, 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 and here he was, you know, he always had this incredible, wonderful, um, cynical facade, but on Purim, I was able to see how much learning really meant him, and how he was crying over the fact. Oh, there that, were, listen, you remember you go to the, the you go to your Rebbe's dish on Purim, and there's always one guy, more than one, who was spent the whole time the crying drunk, right? You know about you know confession and and shortcomings, and well, there was always a that. depressant. And that was I, there was something very sweet about that. I, I didn't find that I didn't find that comical or. Or, or you know, it, that was something very real. I mean, guys wanted to do the right thing in Purim. You know, some of the, uh, as you say, the facade would crumble, the uh, the, the inhibitions would, would evaporate, and people would. Uh, it is unfortunate that that this you know COVID is taking its its toll on something yeah. which I think could really you know last in many people. But know, didn't Mary Stroll cancel Purim years ago already because of that terrible accident that year? I think they, you know, it was years ago. Anyway. And they're sending the guys home. There is something to be said about that, I guess. But um, yeah. I, I guess the last thing, you know, and it really isn't that relevant. But I, but I think one of the things that, that I think went a little overboard, and maybe we can end on this, is that the yeshivas turned their guys into money collectors on Purim. Oh, I hate that. I hate you that. Know, you know, basically what happened, you know, it started, I guess, I about 30 years that. ago. So basically, yeah, we're, we're sending you home. We're going to pay for these crazy costumes that you Where have. People get this idea. I, I don't understand it. I, the exploitation of child labor. I, 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 the idea that, in other words, when we were kids, fundraising was like a dirty secret, right? It was, an un, it was a necessary evil. And to, and and to and to to turn yeshiva bachim into schnars, I, it's a piece of covet. I, I didn't understand it. I still don't get it. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that I uh, was collecting for Noyim Shabbos, uh, which wasn't the yeshiva. In other words, I found uh, in Miami a uh, an organization that gave gave tzedakah to people over Yerushalayim. And I went with my good friend, Olav Shalom, Josh Hoffman. Oh, yeah. You know Josh? Anyway, so Josh was a big rotund fellow, and he was dressed like Woodstock or, or, or by Snoopy. I think he was Snoopy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was dressed as Snoopy, and he had like the bulging uh, thing, and he had a little Woodstock on his shoulder. I forgot how I was dressed, but I remember going into Reichman's house in Reichman from Toronto at a house his mother lived in Miami. I had the most incredible Kabbalah's him from Reichman. And um, I saw his, his, his Adinus Anefesh, yeah, yeah. a person. I want to tell you a story. I'll tell you a funny thing. This week I read it to a friend of mine, really a, a wonderful friend of mine, and, and a person of means who is an extraordinary bookstore. So he says, he says to me, Rabbi, they can't come to my house this year. I'm going to buy a new car. <laughs> he gets out. I'm buying a new car. A Land Rover. He goes, yeah, I'm buying a Land Rover. <laughs> because he's not going to have to give Tzedakah money. Right, right. <laughs> well, people should know that uh, I guess they can uh, you know, find many, many options for it. But I, again, I will say there's a difference. And again, let me just make this point. We'll end with this. There's a difference between being a schnorrer for yourself, meaning the yeshiva, oh, yeah. Yeah. or for we went to Reichman and we explained to him what Noyim Shabbos was. And this was in 1978, 77, 78. And I can tell you that I came to the Purim Suda 
a different person because yeah. I, I spent in them. It was Miami Heat in a costume, and, and and we would go to these places, and and we would be misameyach people. I think in a, in a very no, listen, I, uh, incredible what, way. Listen, stock is still it can still be done the right way, and by and by good people. But I, I just, I don't know why it always bothered me that. You know, the photo ops, this was before the selfies. I remember we, we came into, we're coming into people's homes and just playing with the kids, taking the pictures. Again, now it's already, I guess, passe. But at the time, I, I think it really imbued within us as young people a sense of what we could do with our vibrancy, with our shagas, our talents. And, 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 and again, I will draw the line between using the yeshiva, using Purim as a way for the yeshiva to raise money. Yeah. But when they see that we are raising money for others. Right. right. And, 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 and on that note, I'll just tell you, I just came back from my vaccination. I want to tell you there was a... What did you get for polio? For what? <laughs> for, for some sort of brain ailment that, that, <laughs> that keeps me glued to Meshagas on the podcast. Something hopefully will help me be more coherent and more Pupko-like. But my point is, my point is everybody there with the masks and everything felt we're... God bless you. You're, we're doing something positive. Yeah. Um, and, and I think... Hopefully that type of spirit right. is something that can bond together with for Purim with us. Happy Purim, everybody. We'll see you. I'll see you on the other end. Enjoy yourself, Rabbi Pupko. Think of me when you when you when you take those belts on Purim. Don't be surprised if I give you a ring, okay? All right. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 